Hey friends, you're listening to OKY. I'm your host, Michael Grove. Today is January the 1st, 2024, and we are here in our Bible reading plan. I'm super excited because this year we're going to slow it down just a little bit. In fact, we're just going to be reading one chapter at a time. That gives us a little bit of time to slow down, dig into the book that we're reading, and really understand what is being said. So follow along if you can by reading along with me as I read. But if you can't, no worries. Just let me read this over you. And at the end, I'll share a few thoughts about what we just read before we end our time together. So here we go, launching our 2024 Bible reading plan today, starting in the New International Version of Luke chapter 1. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us just as they were handed down to us from those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I, too, decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, He was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, 
for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months, and then she returned home. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, 
There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to his father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. This concludes Luke chapter 1 and concludes our reading for today. Let me give you a few thoughts before we end our time together. Okay, let me start by reading Malachi chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. That's the entire chapter of Malachi 4. It's real simple, but you have to understand this. This is a rebuke to the people of God's judgment. Now listen to what it says. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogance and every evildoer will be stubble, and the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its rays, and you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Then you will trample on the wicked... They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Okay, so why did I just read Malachi chapter 4? Because there's something called the intertestamental period. That's what happened in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, during that time, as far as we know, there are no recorded words of the Lord to the people. In fact, many scholars believe that that was 400 years of radio silence from the Lord. Okay, so think about this for a minute. The last words that they remember that God spoke to them was that he would send somebody like the prophet Elijah who would help all these things come to pass. 
He would cause the hearts of the fathers to turn to their children, and he would cause the people to rejoice and be full of joy. For 400 years, this is the word that the people held on to. They just remembered what God promised would take place. These words were words that they all knew. They remembered what God was saying. They would have talked about the words of the prophets and what was said over the people of Israel. So now, put yourself in Zechariah's spot. He also knows these words. He also knows that for 400 years, there's been nothing from the Lord. And then one day, he's in the temple doing the work of the Lord, and an angel comes to him. Now, what did Malachi say? He said that God would send someone in the spirit of Elijah. Now, compare that to the words the angel Gabriel speaks to Zechariah. He says this in chapter 1, verse 17 of the book of Luke. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. Now listen to this next part because it's word for word from the book of Malachi. He says he will go out in the spirit of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children. And then he adds, and the disobedience of the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So for 400 years, there's been nothing but this promise that God one day would do something. And then here is Zechariah serving the Lord faithfully. And the angel comes and tells him exactly what Malachi had said. Only this promise is that it would happen to Zechariah, that he would have a son. Okay, well, that's another really good point, because actually, let's start with what the angel first said to Zechariah. The angel appears, Zechariah is freaked out, and listen to what the angel says in verse 13. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Okay, so we get a little bit of information from chapter 1, learning that Elizabeth is actually beyond the age of having children. Now, in this society, to not have any children would have made her disgraced. In fact, later on, we hear that she thanks God for saving her from this disgrace by giving her a child. Yet, what is it that Gabriel says to Zechariah to begin with? He said, your prayer has been heard. I think there's a really important lesson for us here, that even when we think something is out of the realm of possibility, it is still possible for God. So there is no harm in asking to remember to pray to God. Even when things feel like they're impossible, he can still do it. But that's what makes what happens to Zechariah double interesting. First of all, the angel confirms that he's heard Zechariah's cry, and he knows exactly what that prayer is, because he answers it by saying, you will have a child and you will call him John. So all of that was confirmation to Zechariah that God is listening, and he will do something for you. Oh, but it gets even better than that, because it says that while he was inside lighting the incense, and while the angel was talking to him, go back to verse 10. It says that all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. So inside, you have Zechariah lighting the incense, and he's been praying for a child. On the outside, all of the worshipers were gathered together, and they too were praying. And what was it that they continually prayed for? Well, the Messiah, 
the one who would come and save them. And after 400 years of silence, the angel Gabriel comes and says, God has heard your prayer first, Zechariah, and you will have a son. Oh, and by the way, he's going to prepare the way for the answer to the prayer that's being prayed outside the temple right now. Both prayers are being answered at the same time through the word of the Lord that has come to Zechariah after 400 years of silence. This was a very specific prayer with a specific answer that showed God is attentive to what is happening. Okay, why did I tell you all of that? Because listen to Zechariah's response. He answers the angel Gabriel in verse 18. He says, how can I be sure of this? What kind of a statement is that? That Zechariah's doubt saying, how in the world is this going to happen? This seems impossible. Okay, so then he gets told he can't talk, and he goes outside, and people understand he's seen a vision, and we fast forward, and we get into Mary's story. Gabriel tells Mary that she too will have a child, and that this will be the Savior of the world. He'll be the Son of the Most High. And then the angel Gabriel makes this big promise about her son and how he'll have a kingdom that will never end. And what is Mary's response? She says in verse 34, how will this be? Now, you might stop and say, well, isn't her response just like Zechariah's? He said, how can this possibly be? And Mary says, how will this be? Now, they sound very similar at first, but if you really look into it, Zechariah said, how can this be possible? And Mary said, how will this be? Do you hear the difference? Zechariah is coming from doubt, saying, how can this be? While Mary is saying, okay, I get it's going to happen, but how will it happen? She is simply asking how it's going to take place, not if it's going to take place. Where Zechariah had doubt, he asked if it could be possible. So here's our word for us today as we start 2024. God's got great promises for you. He's got something amazing for you, your friends, your family, your loved ones. But it takes you believing it will happen. Look, maybe you've gone through years of silence where you don't know what God's been trying to say. Maybe you've been wondering what it looks like for God's hand of provision in mercy. No matter how long you've waited or struggled to figure out if he really is listening to you, you need to know today that even when it seems like he's been radio silent, he has been preparing his plan. And just like Zechariah, in the middle of the quietness, in the middle of the radio silence, he will deliver to you a promise. But you have to decide, when you hear those words, when you feel the nudging of the Spirit, or when you hear a promise spoken over you, will you say, how can this possibly be? Or will you say, how will this take place? Because I know it's going to happen. I just don't know how. That's where Mary found herself. She knew it would happen because the angel of the Lord said so. And so all she had to do was wait and wonder, how will God do this? It was almost like an adventure for her at that moment where she said, I know he will do it. 
I just can't wait to see how it unfolds. As we enter 2024, that's my prayer over your life. I know God will do it. I know he's heard every single one of your prayers. And even when it seems like he hasn't been answering, I know he's been working towards something beautifully wonderful. And now I know he will do it for you. I am believing that 2024 will be the year where you see the hand of God move in greater ways than you could have ever hoped or imagined or dreamed. And then just like Mary, let it bring you to a song of praise where you worship your Lord and you understand what you mean to him and you magnify his name as he pours out his blessing on you, in you, and through you. Friends, That's what I'm believing for you, and I'm praying right now that God will reveal such great deep mysteries that it will leave you saying, how will God do this? And it will leave you in a spot of awe and wonder as you watch him unfold something beautiful in your life. That's all the time we have left for today. I love you, and God bless. 